The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. And we are once again live to tape to the W2M Network. No yawn this time, so I'm improving. With the <laughs> Wrestling to the Max 205 Live and Mixed Match Challenge review here on the W2M Network, W2Mnet.com, for those of you wondering. My name is Harry Broadhurst, and joining me as per usual, my co-host, Miss Liz. Wait a minute! <laughs> Actually, okay, we already did this bit earlier, so <laughs> yeah, it yeah. doesn't really work a second time. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm back here to torture Harry yet again. Um, It's great that you're back. You might want to tell him who you are since I didn't. I'm Brandon Biscoving. A.K.A. Bisco. Yes. All right. You ready to get into this here? So at the suggestion of our executive producer and man with the power to mute our microphones, Sean Garmer, we're going to go ahead and do 205 Live first and make you stick around and wait for the Mixed Match Challenge. Um, a singles match happened. There was a promo. Gold does beat three, cru- three cruiserweights single-handedly. There you go. That's your show. Oh, no, seriously. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. 205 officially got buried tonight. That is uh, all. The division kind of took one on the chin tonight, yeah. Because <laughs> not only did it get knocked down to a half an hour, but there were two matches on the show, and neither one of them got more than six minutes. And and, and a heavyweight destroyed three of your top cruiserweights. Let's get to this, shall we? Let's do it. I mean, do we have to? Do we? I guess so. Opening match is TJP versus Grand Metalik in a rematch of last week where Metalik won with a Metalik driver. Apparently, Nigel in his accent can't say Metalik, so he calls it Metallic. <laughs> it's always <laughs> funny hearing Nigel's uh, names for things. You stay handsome, Nigel. Anyways, yet again, we see Metalik take down TJP, this time countering the chicken wing gut buster into a three count on a rolling prawn hold here. The match itself was okay. Um, nothing we haven't really seen from these guys before here. But the interesting fact is the finish of Metalik yet again pinning TJP, this time by countering TJ into the finish rather than pinning him clean like he did last week with the Metalik driver. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's trying to show that. TJP's improving, kind of, I guess. The underlying storyline here is the fact that Metalik is the guy that TJP defeated to win the Cruiserweight Classic back last year, and now Metalik has two straight victories over the former Cruiserweight champion. Yeah. Backstage, TJP has yet another hissy fit, temper tantrum, trademark Christian circa 2002. And Dasha Fuente comes up and tries to get an interview, and apparently TJ's crying. 
I, I, I think I have to here. There's no crying in wrestling. Uh, League of Their Own, folks. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Yes. Anywho. Um, so it looks like we're going to continue either the source sport TJ storyline here or TJ eventually getting more and more frustrated to the point that he either snaps and destroys somebody and or quits. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, I mean, I know his run as the champion to start off 205 wasn't the greatest, but I mean, he, it looked like he was going to be, you know, one of their top guys, you know, when this whole division started and now he's, you know, nothing pretty much disappointing. Well, not to mention he's been off television for the better part of the last four months as well before coming back into this little mini feud with Metalik. Well, yeah, that too. So he has, like, no momentum behind him right now. Yeah. Jack Gallagher, Gallagher, if you're Nigel, (laughs) that one I don't blame him for because that is actually how the British say that. Well, I don't get that. I thought it was, like, that confused me. I thought that it was, like, the other way around or something where, like, the, the English or, like, the Americans say Gallagher and, like, they're saying it the way the British say it because I've never heard anyone be called Gallagher before this. It was always Gallagher. Well, this particular one is Gallagher, and Nigel pronounces it the other way. That being said, he has a backstage promo here talking about the terrible, terrible, terrible things he's going to do to Hideo Itami. (laughs) Stating that he may have underestimated Itami at first, he will not make that mistake again, and Itami will pay for the damage caused to both Gallagher himself as well as to Gallagher's mentor, the Brian Kendrick, the GDP. Real quick, honorable GDP points for Tony Nese for last Monday Night Raw's bump of the uh, lumbar check. Mm, mm-hmm. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. He took the lumbar check and then did like a flip and landed on his stomach. That was great. I popped for that. I ain't gonna lie. Oh, I, I love dope. guys like that. Or I mean, the the all time greatest in terms of super selling things was uh, The Rock. Your thoughts on the Gallagher promo? I mean, it was it was you know some what you expect from a Gallagher and Brian Kendrick now with their alliance promo, uh, you know them saying that they're going to destroy him and everything. Uh, the one thing, and you know this is this is just me, um, and especially with how Vince is, I don't know how mu- how much of a hand he has in two hundred five and whatnot. But I'm surprised that Vince, with you know, with Gallagher and with Shinsuke, I'm surprised he doesn't use uh, their MMA background more in promos. Well, I mean, he kind of has Sonya. They kind of have Sonya Deville doing that, though. But it's all like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there are certain people that do do it. Like Sonya Deville does it because she came direct from MMA. Same with. Uh, same with the uh, Shayna Blazer, obviously. But, like, Gallagher, they don't mention it at all. Shinsuke, they don't mention it at all. Like, they could use that as a way to kind of, you know, make them more of a threat. Our next segment, Inside of the Ring, sees 
Goldust and Cedric Alexander. All right, so uh, I have to choose my words very carefully here. Because is it just me? But outside of his brother, does Goldust only make black friends in the WWE? <laughs> Pretty I much. Mean, there was Booker T. Yep. There was Ahmet Johnson, although that was its own thing. There was. <laughs> Wasn't he with R-Truth for a bit? There was R-Truth as Golden Truth. And now yep. there's Cedric Alexander. Congratulations, Goldust. You've officially run the gambit. <laughs> now he just needs to join the New Day. Oh, God. Damn it. How dare you? The golden day. Oh, that could take so many wrong turns on so many different levels. We're just going to move on. Uh, after a little bit of, how do I put this politely? Um, did I say mutual fellatiating? <laughs> I mean, it, it is what it is. Okay, mutual buttering each other up, I guess we'll go with it because I'm getting kind of an odd look for the other one that I stated. So we'll go with mutually buttering each other up there. We are interrupted by all four members of the Zo train because apparently Tony Nese is back on board in full despite getting his ass handed to him about four weeks ago. And apparently Drew Gulak has become a cowboy. Yeah, what the hell was up with Gulak's dress tonight? And just know that I did not want to say hell there and I almost didn't. Uh yeah, I, as soon as he came out, I was just like, um, okay, why? I guess because they're in Texas, but... like That would be my guess. That's the best guess that I have here. Oh, Gulak, you glorious bastard. You look ridiculous. <laughs> that being said, it does end up leading to Enzo issuing a... Well, first, Gold does this use a challenge to Enzo. Enzo looks like he's about to accept the challenge, limping his gimpy behind down to the ring, still on a bum ankle, before thinking better of it and deciding that in order to get to Enzo, Goldust has to go through the rest of the Zo train. That leads us to our main event for tonight, because of course it is a three-on-one handicap match of Enzo Amore's team of Drew Gulak, Tony Meese, and Arya Dewari taking on Goldust. And Goldust wins! People can't see it, but I'm just shaking my head right now. What the hell? Like, I get that Goldust had to overcome the odds here to set up the Goldust and Enzo on the go home for 205 for Royal Rumble. All well and good. Super, as a matter of fact. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with doing Goldust versus Enzo on the go-home 205 Live before the Royal Rumble. And especially if you give Enzo a much-needed win there because Enzo's been out of the ring for a couple of weeks now. It would be a good way for Enzo to beat a veteran and to get some of his heat back by doing so. Instead, you're going to have Goldust go over arguably the most entertaining part of 205 Live since it's become a regular thing in Drew Gulak. Arguably the most physically impressive cruiserweight in Tony Nese. And, well, let's be honest, Arya Davari's kind of just there. Yeah. Yeah. My point being, though, is that you still had Goldust go over three cruiserweights in one match here inside of six minutes. Oh, I agree. I have no justification for this. No, especially, I mean, 
we've talked about it before with them making the you know the two hundred five live uh, the the house shows and all of that. It seemed like they were trying to expand two hundred five live and maybe push it a little bit more. And then this whole mixed match match challenge started, and them pushing it back to a half hour now, and then seemingly burying it again. And it's kind of fitting that this happened tonight on the first night of Mixed Match Challenge, where they're basically physically burying the Cruiserweight division by having a random lower card, you know, I won't necessarily call him a jobber because, you know, he's been in the company for so long, he's been around for so long, but, you know, a lower mid-card guy on the main roster in the heavyweight division come in and just completely manhandle two of your top cruiserweights in the division and then one of the middle and mid-end guys. Like, there is no justification for this other than Vince basically saying, I am going to bury the cruiserweights because I do not like small guys. I... I'm perplexed. Oh, don't be perplexed. I just explained it to you outright. I'm trying to find words to justify the stupidity. There are none. That's the thing. That that and that there you have it, folks. You know what? Here's the thing though. I think that people would be more inclined to be okay with it if it was somebody that they actually like, I guess. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't dislike Gold Dust. But Gold Dust has but has done basically jack and shit on the main roster for the better part of five months since the breakup with R Truth. And all of a sudden now he's stepping into this show here and he's beating three cruiserweights single handedly. Admittedly, there was a little bit of miscommunication towards the end of the match there where Tony Nese went to do a dive and ended up taking out Arya Davari. Gulak got distracted yelling at Nice for diving and then yelling at Cedric for diving on to Enzo and then got caught with the final cut. That being said, I just I don't understand how how they feel like it's okay on the show that's supposed to focus on the 205 and under division that having a guy come in and beat three of them single-handedly is considered a good idea. It boggles my mind. Well, I think the, the only way, I mean, it's not a justification, but the only way that I can even semi explain this and, you know, it, it makes sense, especially with how we know Vince thinks is that he's just pretty much saying, you know, a you know a heavyweight could take on three of you easily and completely destroy you, and that does that does nothing to help your show because you're just burying that whole division in one fell swoop. You think you can hang with the heavyweights? No chance. P- pretty much, yeah. No chance at all. <laughs> I I feel better now that I got that off my chest. <laughs> My, my my residual rage is subsiding. I feel better. <laughs> I'm okay now. Overall but, show rating, Brandon, scale of 1 to 10. Oh, my God. Can, can I give it a zero? I mean, technically, that's not on a scale of 1 to 10, okay, so no. Fine. I'll give it a 1. There. It wasn't that bad. It it had a grand total of two matches. One that yes, it 
ex- it it continued a story, but the story is is stupid and just you know it's basically again another situation of destroying everything that you created two years ago. Um, but then this the the main event just completely burying the whole entire division. I mean, the only thing that I would even semi say was, you know, decent was the whole Jack Gallagher promo. Um, but even that, you know, it wasn't his best work. Um, I liked it, but it wasn't, you know, the best work. I'll, I'll be generous and give it a two. See, I think giving it a one or as you attempted to a zero it does a disservice to the actual effort that TJP and Metalik put in and does a disservice to Gallagher's work as an individual. I, sure. I agree that I think the TJP storyline is dumb because it is because we've seen this whole temper tantrum thing here. And unless Diamond Dallas Page is showing up to save TJP's ass, no one's going to care. Mm-hmm. Gallagher, I would disagree with. I think that this is probably Gallagher's best work since he turned heel. Hmm. I'm very, I very much enjoy Gallagher as a heel because him is that kind of Jack the Ripper, as Nigel called him, hmm. that sadistic, uh, don't give a crap what I do to you as long as it helps me benefit in the long run thing. It hmm. works for him. I feel yeah, like there are legs for that. I feel like there are legs with that, and I think there's there's more that can be done with that. That would actually kind of be cool if that was his nickname now as a heel, Jack the Ripper. I feel like there are trademarks that they'd have to get around in order to do that, though. Especially because of the recent television shows and stuff that have aired about it. Uh, I think uh, they, yeah, that's true. Didn't, see, didn't ABC have like a uh, drama about Jack the Ripper uh, I that got canceled a while back? Maybe. I seem to remember it. That being said, though, I'm going to go with a four, but that... It's significantly hurt by that main event and the decision to put gold dust over three cruiserweights at the same time. Yeah. Horrible. Do do gold dust and Gulak one-on-one. Let the shenanigans occur. Let Gulak get distracted by said shenanigans. Have gold dust pin Gulak. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Having gold dust beats through crew. Having gold dust beat three cruiserweights at once undermines the entire division. Yep. And like, it would be bad enough if this were any other week, but especially doing it this week, it basically sends a direct signal to all the 205 Live fans, we do not give a crap about you. And we are going to destroy your show. All right, let's go ahead and give a one-word review for tonight's show. What's the one word you would use to describe tonight's show? Buried. I think you did use that exact word earlier in the show, too. I did. <sighs> Disheartening. Yeah. As somebody who's followed the Cruiserweights ever since they brought back the Cruiserweight Classic and enjoyed every single episode of the Cruiserweight Classic. So did I. Disheartening, because it is sad to see what has become of the Cruiserweight division, and especially when it does, you said here, Vince drives home the point tonight that it takes one heavyweight to beat three Cruiserweights. Yep. And you know what's, you know what's really disheartening? I'll use your word, disheartening about it, and, it, and it's also very ironic um, 
and and I think I mentioned this on on one of the other shows that we did. I forget if it was when it was me and you or when I was hosting with Liz that first night. But you know, with all of the you know in other combat sports, you know the the top draws are becoming smaller. You know, Mayweather, McGregor, they're all under you know they're one fifty pounds. They would be considered tiny in the WWE. Yet they're huge draws. But Vince just can't get out of this 80s concept of bigger is always better. And, like, he won't let the cruiserweights do their own thing and make their own niche. I I, I agree. I have nothing to add to that. I completely agree. I feel like the thing that this show is missing is the all-out balls-to-the-wall stuff that we used to see from the old WCW Cruiserweight division because that's what we got during the Cruiserweight Classic. Mm-hmm. These guys were letting it all hang out in the Cruiserweight Classic, and that's why the Cruiserweight Classic did the ratings that it did. That's why the Cruiserweight Classic got the rewatches that it did. That's why the Cruiserweight Classic got the social media hype that it did yeah. because they were letting them go out there and be themselves and do their own thing and prominently promote Cruiserweight, Junior Heavyweight, call it what you want to, wrestling mm-hmm. and it was focused entirely on the matches it wasn't you know oh we're gonna bring in different people just to make random storylines well i i will say this much i do think that it did need to develop storylines in order to oh, stay afloat. no it did i agree with you but like even right off the bat, they were bringing in other people from the main roster you in order like, to. Sim- I'm assuming you know, seemingly doing it to try to bolster the ratings. You know, they did it right off the bat with Alicia Fox. Are you so, just, how dare you? What? I was gonna do my best Noam Dar impersonation. Okay, fine. You go for it. Actually, I should have done it myself. It's too late now to say Alicia, Alicia Fox. It's too late now to say Alicia Fox. <laughs> Sounds like you're saying a dirty word there, but you're not. <laughs> I mean, yes, that those segments were funny. I'll give you that, but you know, it it just felt like they were automatically saying oh, they can't get over on their own, so we're going to have to give them some you know, people we're not using on the main roster. All right, shall we go ahead and move on to the MMC? Yeah, might as well. All right, because apparently they like things that start with M this year. Well, <laughs> and last year, because they did the MYC last year. Yep. And now there's an MMC this year. The Mixed Match Challenge. Our first match tonight in the Mixed Match Challenge. First of all, let's talk about a couple of the aesthetics of it all before we get to the match itself here. Uh, Your hosts are Renee Young and Byron Saxton, which is good because we don't have to sit and listen to Byron Saxton get ridiculed for another extra half an hour. Corey does enough of that during the two hours of SmackDown. Mm Mm-hmm. Your announcers for the show are Michael Cole, who apparently is over Braun Strowman whooping that ass on Raw. Corey Graves, who apparently is contractually obligated to appear on every show ever. I Except think, for Five Live. Yeah, I mean, Corey, I think, just likes doing everything. And Beth Phoenix, who sadly was a little bit of a disappointment on commentary tonight. 
I mean, she's getting her feet under. She hasn't ever done this before, so maybe give her a couple of weeks. You know, that's that's fair. I'll, I'll grant you that. The match itself was Sasha Banks and Finn Balor, the Boss Club, as they called themselves, taking on Natalia and Shinsuke Nakamura. Who the entire focus was on Natalia. If you watch the promo videos, the, the little hype videos that they did there, because it was always Natalia talking. Shinsuke didn't say a word. And then the other one that they did, the only word that Shinsuke said was meow, which was frankly freaking ridiculous. <sighs> and not to mention that they traded Shinsuke's uh, iconic Michael Jackson-esque jacket for Jim the Anvil Nightheart jacket. Well, I mean, I get that, though. That's kind of a team cohesion thing. I, I understand that. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, what did you think about the match itself? I mean, the match is what you expected um, in a mixed match. And, and this is one of the things that it's that they're really going to have to get over in order to keep people interested in this whole thing as it continues. Um, you know, mixed match challenges, especially in WWE, um, you're so constricted by the rules that they have set. The lack of intergender. Exactly. I agree. Um, I, I, I was interested in the concept of the mixed match challenge. Now that I know that it's under mixed tag rules and not intergender rules, a little bit of my interest has waned. Oh, I knew it was going to be like that right from the get-go, and I knew that this was going to be a disaster right from the get-go. See, what's uh, H being the one behind it, though, I kind of thought that they might be more inclined to go with that whole independent viewing of things of the men can wrestle the women, the women can wrestle the men. And these are, let's be honest, these are two of the smaller male athletes on the roster. Oh, no, I agree with that. But, like, I mean, um, the, you know, um, well, for one, like I was saying, you know, each tag you automatically have to, like, separate and, and the other person has to tag in their partner. Um, you know, so it's, it, it takes the pace out of the match for one. And then you have the spot, um, where Sasha does a suicide dive to try to knock them both down and Nakamura just catches her. And like, because he can't do anything, just has to like, you know, lightly put her back onto the apron. Like it's ridiculous. I I will actually admit to chuckling at that. I mean, yeah, it was funny, but you know, it takes away from the the storytelling in a match. I um, I, I like I said, I chuckled. I thought it was funny. I thought that spot was clever. Oh yeah, I mean, there's it was a, clever, but you know, will there? There's a lot of work that's going to have to be done in order to make this work for a full 12 week run. But like, see, I feel like, you know, I mean, yeah, Nakamura can do it. I feel like if you really want to make it funny and especially now after yesterday, this would work even so much better. If you really want to have a funny spot like that, do it when it's Braun and Alexa. Do it with whoever they're facing. The whim- the woman jumps trying to get to Alexa and Braun catches her and then doesn't do anything with her. Uh, Braun and Alexa are taking on Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch, which means Sami's about to die. Yeah, like have have Alexa or not Alexa, have 
Becky Lynch, you know, do a suicide dive and like have Braun catch her and be like, uh, God, I, feel like, I feel like it would be funnier if Becky went for the suicide dive and just bounced off of Braun. <laughs> that would be funny. Just went boing. No, that would be Sammy that would be doing the bouncing off of him. That's fair. And that, well, he's going to be doing a lot of bumping at the hands of Braun in that match, too. Yeah. Oh, I've, God. He, he's going to get I, – I just want to see how far Braun can toss him. Are, are, are you talking like Bam Bam Bigelow, Spike Dudley here? Because I'd be totally yeah. okay with yeah, that. Yeah, precisely. Yes, that needs to happen. Yes, it does. <laughs> Okay, but to the match itself once again, though, uh, I kind of agree that the choppiness, the choppy nature of the the mixed tag match in the WWE does hurt it there. I was hoping that we were going to get more interaction between the male and the female participants, especially why the males were down, perhaps. And even like the interaction that we did get there with specifically, I enjoyed when Sasha went for the dive onto Natalia and Shinsuke kind of made the save for Natalia there. I thought that was good character work for Shinsuke to make the save. Yeah, I mean, it, it's nice. I mean, that's certainly a way that that you can do it, where they just make the save and then just stick them aside. But it just, it does take away from the flow and the energy of the match, I feel, when, you know, you know the, the males can, you know, you know catch and, and deflect but can't really do anything. I have an idea for how to make this work the rest of the way if okay, if they okay. were to, if they were to listen to this show. Okay. Make them tornado tag matches. Yeah, that that could work. Um no tags necessary. Yeah, that the that guys wrestle work. the guys, the girls wrestle the girls, but no tags necessary. Or or you could make it um, which they kind of did start doing a little bit, like towards the end of the match, it, it seemed, or at least maybe this was just me reading into it, but kind of make it uh, um, luchador mat, luchador uh, rules, lucha tag, where if one member of the team leaves the ring, the other automatically becomes legal. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, same kind of situation there with the um, with the tornado tag there, though. It's no tags necessary. The men wrestle the men, the women wrestle the women, if that's how they're going to go about it. You could do that. Yeah, that would that would actually be probably the best way to work it. And you could do a lot a lot more things with it. Um, And especially with the uh, with with the fact that they're doing it on facebook and you know i'm assuming that they're you know doing some they're they're gonna at least try to do some different camera work with it you know kind of do a dual camera where like you know on one side you have the men wrestling and then you know if they're not obviously if they're in the same shot then it doesn't matter but if they get separated then have like a split screen type thing I know you watched it. I actually saw you pop up when I when I loaded the screen. I was already in there by the time you pulled up the match itself. Yeah. So I saw you pop up and I saw a comment that you made there. Did you end up getting rid of the comments like I did? Because I found those to be very distracting. I well, I just put it into full screen and the full screen just automatically took the comments away. See, on, on the phone that I'm using, on the Nexus phone that I'm using, even when I went full screen for the video, the comments were still there. I had to swipe the comments away. I found that to be very annoying. Oh, okay. You were using the phone. See, I was using my Mac. Okay. Yeah. 
So you were on actual Facebook. I was on the Facebook app on my phone. Yes, I think that's probably what it is, is that in the app, because I've, I have I think I've watched the video before, uh, not a live video, but a, a um, like one of those regular videos on Facebook. And you are correct that they uh, the comments do pop up on the in, you know, on the side. So, yeah, that may be something that they may have to fix, or I guess people will just have to fix it themselves um, for, you know, the phones. Do you, think, do you think that this is a concept that could work into an extended stay? Like if they do a season here and then they bring it back down the road, do you think that this is a concept that has any long-term viability? Or do you think this is going to end up being a one-off? Are you the the concept of the mixed match challenge or the concept of the Facebook thing? Both. The mixed match thing, I think, unless they loosen the reins a little bit or do your idea, I think that this is going to get very old very quickly, and it's going to peer and die, and it they're not going to do much with it. Um. In terms of the Facebook thing, if if you did it pro like you'd have there are a lot of variables that you have to work out with this whole thing, but if they they if they could figure out how to make it very, you know, interactive and you know the the fans by commenting have a say in what happens and whatnot. Um, I think it certainly could do something, but I just feel it, it's just weird. I know this is how the world is going now where, it, you know, Facebook is getting into the video streaming game and everything, but, you know, they spent all of this money and everything on making their own network for something like this. And now they're just going to throw it away. And it's, I, I don't know if this was just me, but um, when I first got on um, the network tonight to put on 205 Live, it was acting a little screwy. And, like, about, like, I, I, I restarted my computer, or I restarted my 360 and uh, turned it back on, and it, and it loaded fine, but then, like, about, like, 10 minutes into 205 it started like glitching and lagging and i was like what the hell's going on with the network tonight like are they not caring about the network anymore because of this whole mixed match challenge stuff like it you know it seems like they're trying to push into these new territories when you know they don't need to I don't disagree. I uh, I think that the network, and especially for stuff like the the, the Cruiserweight Classic or the May Young Classic that we got uh, the last two years, respectively, 2016 and 2017, respectively, I feel like the network is a perfect place for something like this here because it's something that's going to increase subscriptions, and it's something that people are going to want to – that people are going to want to view. But as our producer just said in our chat here, and I was about to get to – the WWE is getting paid by Facebook for this. Oh no, I understand that. It it's it's a little bit of a money grab. Oh, I completely understand this. Um but I just feel like I mean I know especially in the, you know, 
in the PG era, they, you know, they're very limited on what they can do um, outside of their normal programming. But I think you could figure out a much more, a much better and a much more, um, a, a much more attractive and much more popular format to put a Facebook type show on. We'll see what ends up happening with this the rest of its run here. I mean, we're just one week into what is apparently going to be a 13-week run for this, so we'll see where they go from here. But uh, signs of promise, but also reasons for concern tonight. So I'll call tonight a mixed bag. I'll give it a six. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give it a five. I mean, there you know there were some interesting moments in the match, but like especially like the 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 um. Maybe it's just because of who who they were and and also the fact that I wasn't all that interested. Oh, I forgot to mention this about it. It's kind of funny. I don't know if it was just coincidence or if this was really poor planning, but especially for, you know, the fan, the the cat, well, even more casual than me, but even someone like me who's a huge wrestling fan and a huge WWE fan but you know, I'm not all that interested in this format. I felt myself caring more. I was watching the um, the top 25 of uh, of Raw on USA more than I was watching the the mix match match. And that was like I I was like WWE, you're shooting yourself in the foot on your, on the first night of your new show by putting it right up against your own programming. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think that I think that it's a concept that in and of itself could have worked. However, the timing for it seems a little suspicious. Yeah. Um, that- said I'm willing to give it a shot and I'm willing to continue watching here mostly because it's 20 minutes of relatively inauspicious programming that's in my opinion hopefully going to be worth the time to watch I enjoyed the match tonight I thought that all four people worked really hard in the match tonight yeah and you could definitely cr- tell that that crowd was a buzz for the Balor and Nakamura interaction oh definitely I mean this this was the match to put on to kick it off because this is a match that people wanted to see especially between Balor and Nakamura and you know it it was it was a decent match i mean like we talked about before you know they have to figure out the timing issues in a mixed match in in a mixed tag match um because of how each tag basically resets the match um so they have to figure out some way of of getting a better flow into it um the only other thing i mean this is just talking about the whole thing itself not specifically uh this episode but with a few obvious exceptions which you knew it was a foregone conclusion that these two were going to be paired together it feels like a lot of the teams were just kind of haphazardly thrown away or thrown together it's like why are these people pairing up i mean and you even have faces and heels teaming up together, and it's yeah, like, the only real the only real obvious pairings that they have, I think, are uh, Jimmy and Naomi and Rusev and Lana due to the whole marriage things. There, other than that, most of the other pairings seem very random. 
Yeah. I mean, the only one that, not so much, it's definitely not obvious, and this is one of those face-heel pairings that, you Becky know, and doesn't, Sammy? doesn't make sense. No, uh, Alexa and Braun, because of the whole size differential. Oh, that's true. I mean, Becky and Sammy have the whole ginger thing going for them as well. That's, that's true. But like Balor and Sasha, like if it, like I was expecting it to be Balor and Bailey, like that would have worked better. That's what a lot of people were rooting for too. So, is it something you're going to tune into next Tuesday night as well? No, because I have no rooting interest for either team. That's rough. What happens if you end up filling in again for one of us next week and you have to review it? Huh? 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 Uh, if I must, then I must. But. But I mean, like that—that's the thing. Like you know, because it's what um, who who are it's Biggie and uh, and Carmella against two, uh, Miz and Oscar. Oh right. So I like uh, Biggie over Miz, but I like Oscar over Carmella. So it's like you know, I don't care. You know, I don't have a winner for that match. Do we have anything else to talk about before we get out of here? Mm, no, I don't think so. I mean... I feel like we're bringing kind of long on this one, but in fairness, we had two different shows to discuss, and we had some different concepts come up during both shows that we wanted to go into more detail about. Yeah. I mean, and it's the first episode of a brand new show, so we're going to go a little long on it. Talk about conceptually as well. Exactly. All right, let's go ahead and... Talk about what to expect from us the rest of the week and what to expect from us going forward as well here. I understand that you have a fantasy football podcast coming up soon. Yes, I do. I have a brand new fantasy football podcast uh, coming up. We're going to debut it the week after the Super Bowl, just do a little year in review type thing. And then we'll probably start it up more in depth come draft time in June. Or in is it May for the NFL draft? Uh, April. Oh, April. Never mind. I was thinking NBA draft June. Um, so we've got that. And then uh, you and I have the kickoff next week or tomorrow, excuse me. Uh, and then, uh, well, technically today, actually. <laughs> it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, and then you and I, at some point, will start another wrestling podcast, so. In addition to the one that Brandon just mentioned, that is, as he mentioned, a work in progress, I have Wrestling Unwrapped with Patrick Ketzo. We return with our reaction show to the Royal Rumble on Sunday, January 28th. In addition, we do have the kickoff tomorrow, today, technically, it's one nineteen here on the East Coast, so technically today. As myself, Brandon, and Eric Watkins break down everything that's going on with the divisional round games and preview the AFC and NFC Conference Championship games. Also, I have the Raw Reaction every Monday night at 11.30 over on Chairshot Radio Network with Tony Acero and Andrew Ballas as well. So... For our executive producer, Sean Garmer, and my co-host for the evening, Brandon Biscabing. thanks for filling in once again, Brandon. Appreciate yep. it. As well as the not with us this evening, Liz Puglisi. Hopefully she feels better soon, Liz. 
I'm Harry Broadhurst, thanking you for listening to the 205 Live and Mixed Match Challenge review here from the Wrestling to the Max and the W2M Network, available online at w2mnet.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next Tuesday night. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.